Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm a useless love story. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Potatoes. Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. The white wizard is cunning. He walks here and there, they say. He eats three times a day, and every 24 hours he has to pew the theme song. Not idly did leaves of Lorien fall. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? I would cut up your head if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We have only to remove those who oppose us. Don't encourage it. There's no promise you can make that I can trust. The flight meets back on the menu, boys. All right. It was 20 freaking years ago, amazingly so. The second in the one per year release, Lord of the Rings Part 2, The Two Towers. Uh, it was way back when we did Fellowship of the Ring. And so we had uh, put off doing this one for a little while. Uh, and this is an interesting movie to watch when you haven't watched the other one before it in a while. So, yeah, just throwing that out there. Uh, coming in at a whopping 1 hour 79, um, the extended cut comes in at 3 hours and 55 minutes from end to end for the uncut version. I watched the theatrical and I believe everybody else did too. Yes. Maybe, or uh, yeah, watched them both too, maybe yeah. to... Maybe just to really get ready for this one, because we're very, 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 very happy to have back from uh, returning after that first Lord of the Rings episode is our friend Dave. What up, Dave? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Thank you very much for putting up with me again. (laughs) I am seeing a lot of Lord of the Rings memorabilia behind you. That is very cool. Uh, You look like you're in... uh... (laughs) <laughs> Some kind of a shrine to the... Oh, no, there's Braveheart there, too, I see. Yeah, Honestly, if there's a zombie outbreak, you're doing fine. Swords yeah. are the best. <laughs> so now that everybody, full disclosure, I'm a nerd. Uh, I think we all are welcome. on some level, so I don't, I don't think that's an easy grit. I can't it's wait a good to, thing. You be have there, to be there, and see that stuff live and in person. I'm very excited to come to your, yeah. uh, your museum of... Uh, of uh, memorabilia yeah you gotta come over it's pretty cool and uh dare i say that i may have had a different experience rewatching this than than you guys did and and uh when i get you over here i'll put it on the big screen and uh 4k uhd 16 speaker dolby atmos subs bigger than your upper torso uh it's, it's a good time it's <laughs> my a good time. idea was just i want to watch every movie from now on yeah though. Yeah, I, exactly I will host. That way. I will host, and I do not <laughs> have to do not have to be allowed back, but I will host nonetheless. My nice. my idea was just because of the sound mix would be an amazing movie to watch in his home theater would be uh, Saving Private Ryan, especially oh the first God, yeah. fifteen minutes uh, in that that sound system oh, yeah. on yeah. the big screen. That would be uh, I would love to watch a movie like that in that home theater. Those bullets winging by and the ricochets yeah, would be dead. All the yeah, all the different sound mixes of of sniping and bu- bullets whizzing by and grenades going off. It would be amazing. 
It would be. See, if you saw No Time to Die, there's a scene where Bond is in the car and they're firing bullets at her from all directions, and it's it's orgasmic. I'm telling you, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, James. <laughs> well, uh, Peter Jackson directs. Um, we have the uh, pretty well-known cast: Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Vigo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Kate Blanchett, John Rice Davies, Christopher Lee. Uh, Orlando Bloom, Hugo Weaving, oh my God, it goes on and on. Brad Dorif, Carl Urban, Andy Serkis, Bernard Hill, um, Billy Boyd, like everybody's in this. Everybody, Dominic Monaghan. <laughs> it's crazy. Like you've seen everybody pretty much in this movie again. And um, once again, a, a very um, well-played cast. I mean, I think I don't think a lot of the acting from the first go around of the Lord of the Rings, these characters kind of all seem, um, all seem good to me. Like acting, casting, that kind of stuff in these movies, I think was really well done. I agree. Except for the, the guy that I have the biggest fucking problem with in this movie. And I agree on the on <laughs> vast majority. Almost everyone is well cast in this, except for the commander of the elf army at the end, who looks like, the fucking elf version of John Lovitz. Elves are supposed to be like, like fair and and effeminate and beautiful and you know. And he looks like he's just trying to stop fucking from blowing up. Like that's the one elf sneaking McDonald's. That casting was bad. So why did that guy have a prominent role? So apparently that character wasn't supposed to be in the movie when they were writing the script. It was gonna be Liv Tyler who comes with the army and she fights like in the battle, but they had such backlash from the fans because they well, want that shit's not even in the this. book. No, I know, but they were yeah. going to do it in the movie because guess what? They were going to make a movie instead of a book. And guess what? The fans complained. So they made a book. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that was how they were going to get her character more involved with the story. But instead of doing that, they just stuck with the book. No, so they didn't. That's, that's, that's that not guy. the elves. Don't come in the book. Exactly. The the oh, well, regardless, uh, that's the that's what I'm come. saying. It's not. They didn't make a book. They did make a movie. If they would have well, made the book, I probably would have been more um, more nerve wracking. Then they should have definitely used Liv Tyler, and that was actually would have been a good idea because it would have got her back in there with uh, Aragon. But, but then you'd fuck up that stupid love fucking story between him and Yerwin or whatever the fuck. That woman. There isn't even a love just, story, though. They just make eyes at each other. They don't even no, but there's clearly other. we're clearly supposed to see something fusing there, and then it's intercut with these scenes with Liv Tyler. What are you fucking confusing me with? Stop it! Stop it! Don't give me the fucking doe eyes with that person. Let Aragorn. that person disappear. She should be a nobody in that story. And she just does not no even good. have Liv Tyler. Not even have Liv Tyler in this one. I mean, once again, the the biggest problems that I have with this movie is. There's too much jumping around. There's too many characters. And they, they jump away from like the best stuff to go to the trees. And the guy's talking to the trees, which is the worst part for me. The worst parts of these movies is the tree stuff. So like, don't, don't interrupt the battle, the amazing battle that we are seeing with going back to the trees. Because wow. it doesn't make me, it just annoys me. It annoys me like... Let's start in the beginning. This movie before. Is too big. Let's dial back. <laughs> no, I just wanted to talk about fucking wow, fat John Lovitz. Wow, I just said the actors were pretty good, and then Brent's John Lovitz was on point, and then all he of does a sudden, look like John Lovitz. We got into some crippling uh, we, problems we, we with we the got, film. We got to start in which, the beginning. We got to start okay, the beginning well, with this. In we the beginning, 
there are mountains and in the mountains are Gandalf <laughs> fighting the Balrog and he starts to kick that thing's ass and they fall into water and then we follow our plethora of characters because of the original uh, nine that left. Um, there's eight that need to be accounted for. I think that's right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven. No, and Gandalf, I guess, would be yeah. the eighth. Yeah. Um, and so we have that many characters that we need to spend significant time with. And as we do, we go all over the freaking place into Rohan and we meet the horse people. And then the horse people are human, but they're not friendly with Gondor, which is the king's people where uh, Boromir's people came from. And everybody wants the ring and it's not going well. And then they want to rescue the uh, 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 the little guys, the little hobbits. And then we're going to retreat into Helm's Deep and there's going to be this massive fucking battle. And but, uh, yeah, the two towers. But so the beginning, though, um, what's what's uh, interesting about the beginning? The beginning is great. I mean, I love that battle between Gandalf and the the, the flaming demon. It's or a whatever. great opening. But then, and then really he, they fall and fall and fall and fall, and then they fall through the cave into this lake that suffers some reason under there. They land in that, and then he wakes up. So it's like Frodo was seeing all that. So, like, did Frodo see that? Was he dreaming that? Was Did they have some kind of a connection? Or was that just, like, did, did that actually happen? Because later, Gandalf says he fought him on the top of a mountain. And yeah, it shows them it, it shows the top that of too. a mountain. But yeah. they went yeah, to the bottom of a lake. Yeah, their battle was just epic. Yeah, yeah. they fought so how, from how the bottom of a lake. they to the top of a fucking mountain again? That just they, sense. they fought for, like, weeks. <laughs> just yeah, imagine they, that. It's this huge epic fight. They fought for a real fight. long time. Okay. And then, like, well, someone would run that away. That wasn't established to me that they fought for a really long time. It was established they fell into the lake, which I figured would have put that guy out and maybe killed him because he was a fire guy. But then I find out they were fighting on top of a mountaintop later. So unless I read like three books, I wouldn't have known what you were saying. It's confusing, but they fell up. They fell yeah. up to a, to a mountaintop. <laughs> there a you mountain? go. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. that so goes anyway, down must come up. And, so and there's magic that? and all that stuff. So when Frodo wakes up, what do you guys think? Like, did Frodo actually, does he have some kind of a spiritual connection with Gandalf so he could see what happened to him? Or was he just... They don't uh, I think, he was, I think was he was having a nightmare. And of what we, actually we see, happened? Well, we see him waking up and whether his nightmare was about the Gandalf battle, I'm going to take it that that is actually what did happen. We got a glimpse into how that battle began, well, I guess, yeah. for the most part. But it just so happened that they timed it with Frodo waking up. So I don't think, I think maybe there's a slight connection, but but nothing Nothing when they hit the ground, Frodo wakes up. So it's a direct connection, and then that's bad filmmaking. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have them hitting the ground and Frodo waking up and going, well, but he was just dreaming about something else. That yeah, makes I no think sense. It's just a, it, I just think it's an edit. I don't think it's meant to symbolize. Then don't edit that way. Because <laughs> that, that, that would have happened. Fun. That would have happened a long time before. So, Yeah, but he was seeing it in his dream according to the way it was edited. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. It looks like that. I don't think it necessarily has to be that. I think the sentiment is that he was having a nightmare of fucking Gandalf or something, whether it was that exactly or not. I mean, that doesn't really matter. I think the thing is, is that Gandalf is on his mind is what we're meant to, to know. And then we're seeing an honest flashback of what's going on with Gandalf. 
and his fucking law. Let's hear what the, they, let's hear what the Lord of the Rings person well, thinks. They, they don't explain it, but I love that interpretation. I love that. You don't even know that that's really what Frodo dreamt, right? It's just he saw something and woke up startled. Maybe we only saw exactly what happened. Maybe he saw part of it. You know, maybe it was just a nightmare. Um, maybe it was a psychic connection. I, I've heard you know some people talk about that that it's possible, but uh, that would like, be yeah. The psychic connection would kind of feel yeah, like they don't uh, explain it though. What would make the most sense yeah. to me? Well, I mean, I'm Gandalf, Gandalf could Gandalf could have sent him something. Like Gandalf's like a fucking uber powerful wizard. So, he, I mean, he should be able to at least transmit a fucking image to someone's brain. If do not, he's not worth the shit. <laughs> if he could do that, I wonder if he could like psychically send like a little jerk off to Frodo, be like, "Here you go, buddy," and he's like, "Oh, Gandalf!" Like dick pics straight to his yeah. brain. Yeah, that's sick. I'm sending you guys I'll all give you dick one. pics right now. Give you another one. Gandalf did actually die for a time before he was brought back by Iluvatar. So it could have been the moment, maybe, that he was respawned as Gandalf the White by Iluvatar. And he sent the message. Maybe it was Iluvatar sending a message to Frodo. Iluvatar is like the god I w- guy. I wish Gandalf had said, I was respawned as Gandalf the White. <laughs> He's shit. <laughs> <he got. laughs> that was sick. I waited 20 but- seconds and then I came back. <laughs> but I just need Colin to acknowledge that that was a beautiful piece of filmmaking to open it up. The mountain shot bringing us right back into the action. Oh, absolutely. No, the whole opening Stunning. is great. I, I love the way this movie opens. You want to open with something big. There's yeah. nothing. This was the only reason I can like do this movie as hold up is because this I actually this was my favorite of the three. I didn't like the first one. I didn't like the second one because of the uh, the multiple endings and all of the those kinds ending. of problems. But this this was my favorite of the three. I felt like they, and so I I've always liked that beginning with the uh, Gandalf fighting the guy with the sword and stabbing him, and them like going into the that beautiful shot with the music in this movie. If anything is amazing in this movie, the music is fucking glorious. Howard Shore, Howard Shore, yeah. crushed it's it. Stunning. It's perfect. It's a the perfect movie music. Scored this, well. Oh made, yeah, the opening music is like so exciting when you hear that the whole way through the song has music for everything every like race of people certain characters it's just that's true that's it's really well done um hard to believe like made baby made for a hundred million because i think he had 300 and change to make the entire series but but about a hundred went into each of them and this movie brought in about a billion dollars a billion dollars just for this one before that was common too yeah yeah that's why Peter Jackson can do whatever the fuck he wants forever. One negative I'll throw out, though, as they do push in through the mountain, there is the moment that always takes me out of it when they're flying up and it's a beautiful helicopter shot. And then the moment that they change it to a digital zoom to go into the mountain, it, it, yeah. it jars and changes directions. And it's it just does. like, oh, the pixelation yeah. of the black in the middle that turns into the tunnel, the hole we go through is yeah. kind of cool. But it also like digitally stuck out for me this yeah, time. Absolutely. That's um, a great transition into the special effects because Dave watched this on his his ten his gigantic theater <laughs> screen in his home theater. I How big is the screen? It's like ten feet. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got the projector. He's got the six seater. It's great. Uh, I've only seen pictures, of course, but anyway, the special effects to me this time, I don't know. I I mean, I obviously saw a good. I I I rented it or whatever, and I've got like a. A, a t- you know a big plasma tv uh obviously my sound is but i i noticed that the special effects kind of there is issues with them this time i agree. Um, like the 
first yeah there's some real problems we can see the separation between the wheel and the, the cg in in this a lot i think there there are times when um gollum when they do yeah. only gollum in the frame and they haze the background yes he he looks so good his skin and and it like it has texture yeah. but when he's with the human characters and mu- like tons of respect to andy circus and the job he did of of like being the blueprint for that character because totally like that that's that's unbelievable and that started an insane amount of motion capture technology advancement and, and progression in the art of it all. If you watch, mm-hmm. like read up on that where Andy Serkis did all the characters for all the monkey movies um, and then other stuff after that, King Kong and some others like more recently and the way they do it now and did some for The Hobbit and things like that is really crazy. Um, yeah, uh, whatever my original point was, I got off on that side. <laughs> but I would imagine, Dave, it was worse for you because... Are more not worse, but more obvious for you because of how you are watching it. Like once again, some of the special effects look great. Like the, a lot of yeah. the battle scenes mm-hmm. look seamless, and I get completely lost in them. But John's right. There's like a, there's a bunch of shots where Gollum is facing um, Frodo and Sam, and you can clearly see something is off. The tree stuff looked awful when yeah he's sort of like green and, screen oh right oh my god it looks yeah terrible. completely obvious green screen the only thing though is that i knew i knew the trees were gonna i knew that i knew that the ants were gonna come up as a problem they just keep in mind that they intentionally made them look like ray harryhausen stop motion puppets there was an intent there they didn't want them they shouldn't move he peter jackson felt they shouldn't move as freely as like Gollum does right where it's skin and flesh so it's meant to be somewhat jarring and a little bit uncomfortable i don't know that it works i don't know that he chose right but it was intentional um but i found the green screen behind them was pretty bad for sure i agree yeah with you that. i yeah. think the, the whole tree section the story the the look i mean that all that always takes me out of the movie when i watch it this time do you know what breaks me is when legolas gets on that horse when the horses are riding oh my it, god it's and he like flips they don't the know how way? physics work no i hated that his arm goes like that and then he goes the opposite direction around the neck and you could see his body like stretch and it's weird his, his bones are like he's like a bird his bones why are like did a they bird. have to do that why was that <laughs> all right i'll buy the bird argument i'll buy the bird argument. <laughs> but, it's so interesting to me because like when when aragon stuck on that that aragorn, animal, aragorn that looks great i think that looks great when he goes over the cliff and stuff that looks fine, but the yeah. other stuff, like what Brent just mentioned, does look so weird. That's the I, worst part in the movie. I but hate otherwise, yes. the Gollum stuff is the most noticeable. Every time mm-hmm. he's in the foreground and they're behind, yeah, it's really noticeable. It's There's, almost like a cutout. Yeah. yeah, there's something with the because they have to digitally animate that. Obviously, the whole thing, and it's it's something about the light and the shadows that they just at the time it was like unbelievable like nothing like this at the time and a a few of those shots of Gollum were like amazing and the Mm -hmm. technology that Mm -hmm. was again being pioneered Mm -hmm. at this time Mm -hmm. to bring that to life tons of of kudos for all that but some of those shots are the the movies today aren't as good as some of those shots but unfortunately it's not all of those shots yeah yeah yeah, it's really they got bigger with the story I guess so the first movie I thought was pretty consistently really great but I think they used a lot of like local it's the scope and scale of things, right? That, that actually the three movies across each other get done fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever weird reason, um, in this movie in particular, I really like 
the Helm's Deep battle. Like, I don't like when we cut away from it. I like everything that generally goes on and, and how awesome it feels when Gandalf rides over the hill and the music comes up and he's like screaming and fucking, oh, in he goes. Um, but uh, I don't know if Brent was going to get into it a second ago, but when um, Aragorn goes over the side of the cliff and then it just disappears for a while and then he washes up and he's like, I'm hurt. And then he rides home and sees the army and he gets back and he's okay. And it's just like... This, that's, that felt like a big Gandalf falls from fucking goddamn forever, no problem. <laughs> and I'll give that a pass because I was watching it with my daughter. Like an angel. And she he's, said he's, as he's, they were yeah. falling, she goes, she goes, oh, well, at least he's got a soft thing to land on. Like, he's going to be okay because he'll land on that giant monster, right? So I was like, okay. <laughs> no, he went but right into the water. When stuff? they go and look over the cliff, the water is directly below. So he went but right into the, the water. It looks like a shallow river when he washes up. I understand no. the horse is sent by his fucking uh, by his side bitch and shit, but I know uh, <laughs> that that fall would fucking be devastating. Yeah, but like you're telling me the love story too. Can we all agree that this weird love triangle where where uh, she's waiting in the wings with the the Liv Tyler and this blonde woman and her him are making the sexy eyes is like bad. Every time they make the eyes, I say to myself, "But what the fuck is this about?" Do you know what I mean? It because go I'm, anywhere. I know that there's a that he's like in with like he's in with Liv so deep that she's like considering not going to like the land of fucking forever, forever uh, with the magic friends. I think that's more so, about Eowyn's character development than Aragorn's. Like he doesn't he doesn't return her love, but she's falling in love with him because he kind of represents the man that she wants to lead them. As but we opposed don't even to know the, her. But does he, does, he not return? His, he does her return. Love? No, he does return her love. He's just convinced by the dad to give it up for the for the grand scheme of things. Let her go to the undying. I don't understand yeah. the undying. Like they can only go once, and if they don't go, that's a no go. And it's like now is the time or never. That really, I always hated that pressure on the movie. And once again, Galadriel makes an appearance in this one as the creepy old fucking lady who only sees bad things <laughs> happening. She's fuck, she's whack, man. They they messed her up bad. Instead of this goddess, once again to reiterate closely to what we said in the other one, she's a yeah, scary yeah. like supernatural being that has weird, needy like I am the greatest, and everyone's gonna die. The humans will fail, and everyone will fail. Fuck you! Oh, and then the cut off to like that's so hot. <laughs> yeah, the, and the pacing for this, like, so you could have made this into a two-hour movie, and everything would have happened faster because the first battle between. Aragon when he falls off the cliff and stuff that's like an hour into the movie that's the, like the first action of this movie which is crazy to me that like there was no battle for an hour of this movie like well, you could yeah, have like gotten rid of so much of Sam and <laughs> Sam and uh, Frodo where he's like is the ring hurting you yeah the wings hurting me oh is it hurting you this time again yeah it's real it's rough. such a burden we don't, we, we don't need we don't need eight <laughs> scenes of that we could have well, one is, scene of that Just I think there is something scene. happening wow we're jumping around like crazy but I, I, the, uh, <laughs> I know welcome <laughs> to the show Dave welcome to the show <laughs> no, but we can go back we can go back all right. Go okay, I'll, I'll take that lead. I'll go back. Um, for Gollum's yeah. first appearance, I mean, the hair skin we talked about, that's absolutely amazing. That that intro fight overlaying Gollum on top of Andy Circus, the whole fight in the beginning, there's only like one shot when he jumps off the wall. It kind of looked bad to me, but I thought that was amazing. Um, it looked I don't okay, know if you, yeah. 
don't know if you want to talk about the other character introductions, but you had like that uh, great entry shot for Aragorn listening to the ground, being a real ranger, and then the other All two his come tracking in, sweeping shit. music. Yeah, yeah, I that stuff I thought was really well done. Where he's like, the hobbits were here, and the things were cut. That was like really good storytelling. That yeah, was kind of exciting. even where all the horses and orcs and everything <laughs> were walking over, like that part where the two little. Uh, the, the two fucking who cares hobbits are fucking running away. Mary and Pippin. The who cares Mary hobbits who, who then go with a boring, boring character to boring other characters like him where they have a boring meeting. So and I, I hate love, everything about them up to then. I love the Ents. When I read the books, like I've, I'm, and still, I love the Ents as characters. Yeah. Um, and here's why. In the books, here's why. they you don't need convincing. In the books, they, they're like, yeah, he's fucking bad. Let's go. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And I right. think yeah, that's yeah. what should have happened because you extend the tree shit and the trees are meant to be boring. Yeah, that's exactly the whole right. thing about them. So uh, <laughs> they really fucked the ants up, is my point. Yeah. yeah. If they yeah. would have just left them like they are in the book, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They're slow. Yeah. They get together, but they, they decide to declare a war. They decide to do the right thing. And they have to, what they did is they, they put a, a character moment in for Mary and Pippin where they have to outsmart him and trick him into going to see yeah. what will trigger it. So like, it's like they didn't need that character development. So you're right. They ruined the, no. the but, coolness of the ants. Because there's at least two, maybe three scenes where Mary and Pippin are just riding on him, walking and talking. It's all exposition. Yeah. And I'm so done with that part of the movie at that mm-hmm. point. And then finally mm-hmm. they get to the meeting and then nothing happens for another really long time. And we keep revisiting. It's like, fuck. You could have you could have fuck. literally you could have literally had stayed with um, the guys who were hunting them down. And when they found out they were dead, have them the tree step on that the orc or whatever and save them pick them up and then you never see them again till like the end when they are um, talking to the tree and he comes across all the dead trees and then they go because the one thing that actually surprisingly looked good is when the trees attacked um, the white Uh, wizard's castle yeah because it's all CG I mean and there's no nothing but it looks good it was a fun battle scene I like the the variety of ends coming down yeah and they picked the fire I think that battle that stuff is, is a little good bit payout. easier, though, than like because we're complaining about the yeah. golem stuff. But when you're doing the battle stuff, especially like the the end battle at night, like a night battle with that CG, you're getting a lot of free passes there as far as shadow work and the rest of that stuff goes as far as like breaching the uncanny valley, uncanny valley, excuse me. Um, <laughs> so I find that with the trees from the upshot, I think that's why you're getting that that uh that enjoyment out of that scene as opposed to like the close-ups on the ends because it, it yeah. is no you're, you're right that. you could just yeah. add, once again you could have just edited that tree stuff down to the bare minimum and uh just enough to understand that they why they attack the the castle or whatever and uh all the guy like you could have it, it could have been edited just to the bare minimum because nothing really happens with mary and pippin anyway like no. john said it's just a bunch of dialogue and then they end up doing the thing that they said they weren't going to do anyway Kind of like when Aragon <laughs> goes over the cliff and then guess what? He comes back again anyway. They don't even go looking for him of all the things they've been through. They're like, oh, Who's he fell Aragon? off this cliff. And- 
What is it? What is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I mispronounce a fictional character in a movie with 80 characters incorrectly? <laughs> I mean, that guy's like the main Ren, character. Ren read the book, so he, he gets offended if you don't say the names right. <laughs> I, I did in the chat as well, but you just didn't see it, I guess. I did see it. It's, is it You're doing it on like, purpose. So why'd you call me out? Dave's been calling you up for hours. I finally did him a favor and you made he, it about he me. Say it in, he said it in the chat. So it's Aragorn, like corn. Yes, yes. Corn, yeah, corn. Like, you got I like it. how there. if I if I started reading there. Colin's scripts with all the wrong names, sometimes yeah. when we're reading a script, I'll do a little flare, and he'll be like, "No, it's exactly what it is." <laughs> but now it could be Aragorn on one of the fucking biggest stories of our uh, of the planet's history. Yeah, <laughs> I think okay. Aragorn sounds better than Gorn. <laughs> well, that's an argument you can make. I think Aragon okay. is a different fantasy series of some kind. I think, I think so as well. I think it sounds yeah. like it. I think it yeah, sounds it like sound. it. Okay, so um, I like scenes, p- parts of scenes anyway, like when uh, uh, Gollum helps Frodo out of the pond, and that's at a time when they don't trust him, and that builds trust. I like that because that creates some suspense and some mystery around it. Yeah. But what do you guys think of the larger um, Gollum two-faced thing talking to himself and having like two full monologuing scenes where he goes back and forth to verbalize certain things what do you think of those in terms of Gollum Dave you take this one uh they played it up from the book they they added more to it uh they added more sort of the mental illness of uh you know a split personality disorder multiple personality disorder um uh, I I thought it played really well I really enjoyed it I think the audience loved it I think it was well received at the time and I think it held up that part it's definitely one of the most made fun of our um, the one of the most shown things you could find. Like people have done tons of stuff with it. It's uh, it's memorable. It definitely sticks out. Um, I mean, once again, less is more. Um, so if I don't see him doing that, but I see him in his actions betraying them, or then I'm I'm fine with that. I'm, it's not necessarily needed, um, but. You know, it's not the. It's it's funny. Did you know, it, like it's 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 comedy. It, did it work better than if he was just like the only other way to play it would be that he's just a bad guy biding his time, and the only reason he's not killing them right now is because it's not the right time. So how about right now? How about right now? But at least this way, it take for a while he gets that personality under control, and he's he's not trying to kill them for a while. So you can sort well, of relieve well, that tension. I, I, what do you guys think about them leaving him alive after he tries to kill them? Like why oh, doesn't? That's, that's before, core to the whole series. But before, these guys are these guys are they're hobbits, not murderers. Man. They're not murderers. Like yeah, these guys yeah. would be like the pacifists of Middle Earth. Yeah, if, but they have a sword. A they have a sword, and something's trying to savagely kill them. And, and also, of Frodo, killing, Frodo feels a kinship with them because they've they've experienced the same torture. Yes, and 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 Gollum is a hobbit that experienced having the ring for 500 years. So he turned into this twisted, like, like long lived creature. It extends their life. Right. Um, but before and, they- and so Frodo is feeling like the pains from carrying the ring. So he, when he sees Gollum, he even says, he says point blank in the movie. He says, I like, cause Sam's like, Sam is a, a horrible prick to him. Like maybe Frodo doesn't have to be as cool as much, he is eh? with him, little, but little Sam much. is like to the point of fucking evil. Um, 
<laughs> but the like the, the, he just wants to see that he could be saved that there's something redeemable in him because he needs to know that he'll be redeemable afterwards he needs to know that he's not doing all this as a suicide mission he needs to have hope yeah. and it's I, it's, I one don't the core, it's, it's, it's one of the core back. messages it's one of the yeah. core yeah. messages that I'm, Tolkien. Just saying, I'm just saying in the film though you could have still done that without having him so savagely attack them because if someone was attacking my friend and he looked like Gollum and he was biting, sinking his teeth <laughs> into it and he's strangling him and I had a sword, I'm cutting his fucking head off before I find out he knows the way to go where we're going to go. So <laughs> we, Remember though, he would like, just be dead. Like the, if, if you guys, if you guys were getting choked by Gollum I would, and I had a sword, I would kill him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. And I hope you guys would do the same. Even if you had sympathy for him, I hope you'd kill that son of a bitch. They did set a trap for him and attack him. But I mean, they were he, he they was were sneaking clearly, down maybe to just steal the ring like he'd was he talking was. about killing well, them but but it's their pity that saves the day he was talking like about yeah. killing them it, out loud too though I think it takes some <laughs> I think it takes a, it a, a strong character even if it's not in line with what you believe Colin I think it t- would take a strong character to let Gollum live so yeah. I kind of I, yeah. I, I I'm okay that that Frodo does that and then apparently um Gollum will be like the ring will hold Gollum to his promise of obeying and I don't know when that stops being the case and he's allowed to like get them to be eaten by a spider but um, I felt like that was that was Frodo just making shit up maybe because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know because I don't think it does that but, I, 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 but yeah I never I, I never do, know I do agree that it was Frodo making shit up is how I always got it yeah yeah, and, I, and I do want to ask though, if we're pity, talking about letting people live, why is fucking worm tongue allowed to? I live? was going to say oh the my same God. thing. Yeah, why there's does so, Aragorn stop that? There's so many motives, like to to why, like I hate when motives don't make sense. There's so many motives to kill that guy. One, not only has he like fucked them over, splintered the family, and all shattered Killed all their alliances. Son. And shattered all their alliances. But then also, if they let him go, he's going to go back and tell fucking the White Wizard what's going on. So, like, yeah. there's zero fucking reasons to let yeah. him live. No, You at least imprison him. At the minimum. No, you kill him fucking instantly. No, I, like, I, I agree, agree no you sense. kill him. But I'm saying you can get away with putting him in a fucking cell. Do you then we're not even questioning it. We're like, we're like, all right, he's in a cell. Maybe they'll fucking hang him later or torture or something. That's we fine get, too, even. We get okay. horny with our <laughs> ideas. But as it is, they just fucking... And they gave him a horse. Yeah, it makes <laughs> Or it's sense. his horse. And they, he's just like, get out of my the, way. The worm tongue, the worm tongue <laughs> stuff was an obstacle for me because it didn't make any sense why anyone was listening to him. Clearly, what he was doing was obvious, and everyone around them could see it. He, Why didn't they just fucking kill him? He was speaking for the king, like out has, loud, and the king. He was like putting his ear to the king's it's mouth, magic. and then saying, "But I know." But what I'm saying is, if I put my ear to the president's mouth and the president whispers <laughs> my ear, and I say, "The president says that you guys should listen to me," and you're all banished from the White House, no one's gonna be like, "Oh, well, let's get out of fucking here then." Doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. In the uh, books, it's even worse. You'll hate it even more. In the books, they actually don't throw him out at all. They give him the choice to come with them. Even though he's already been discovered and found out, they give him the yeah. choice to join That's them in right battle. Too. And he what? chooses to run away. So they gave okay, him the, well, the choice of free will. You could have fixed that in the screenplay. You could have fixed all of these things. These are yeah. once again but I mean, so pity, pity and free will are core to the whole trilogy. Yeah, uh, they're the, like chaotic the, good, right? They just yeah. they don't kill unless absolutely necessary. I, I I don't know. I think the king um, Theoden 
Like he just woke up, he's just getting his mojo back, and he would find out that th- because of this guy, his son is dead, recently dead. He only realizes after Wormtongue runs away, he's like, "Where's my son?" Then I'd be like, "Go get that guy and bring him back," because like, yeah, he deserved to go. Not that he did anything for the rest of the movie either. Even before the son thing, though, he was controlling and manipulating him and destroying everything he created. Like, and then he killed his son too. Like, I mean, this guy just dies. But wait, that guy's smart enough to fucking uh, mentally manipulate a king and and overtake a kingdom by his fucking whisper magic, right? Yeah. But he's not smart enough to live in that goddamn tower with Soromon and not know there was an army outside. Yeah. And he was, brings him up and he shows scene. him yeah. and he's like, what? It's like, how did you get in? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't hear they didn't make any noise until he went to the window yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> this huge machine in the pits of the earth come on he wasn't allowed he wasn't allowed yeah, that was terrible just, on, the only okay. thing on, on the murder thing though is just that just remember it takes a stronger person to forgive and to not live in fear to let him go you know let give him a chance rather the pity and the strength and the nobility in not not uh, taking the weaker anybody can kill yeah, that's but he instantly goes Remember that all you would be killers enemy. out there. He instantly goes back and tells the enemy what's going on, and then they send the army. Like, yeah, I he mean, has, the fact he they let the him intel. go, he has is all the intel laughable. on Helm's it makes me, It's it's too laughable. They let him go, like Brent said. Think about that guy. It's noble. It's noble. It's it's think not about smart, that guy in noble. Game of Thrones or a song of Ice and Fire. That guy's dead before he fucking uh, says anything. <laughs> like they're like, uh, you're fucking eliminated that would be medieval times that guy would be fucking killed yeah and and i don't think it's noble to let your enemies get away and then go go tell the other enemies what you're gonna do or what's going on so that they can attack you again i don't think there's nobility in that at all you got for evidence of efficacy look at the democrats yeah (laughs) (laughs) you gotta wonder if if sauron would have known if sauron would have known to go to helm's deep if it weren't for worm tongue because they have the whole scenery is like oh this is how they're going to react and they'll have lots of women and children and they're going this way and they'll be going here and sauron's like hmm yeah i mean (laughs) he wouldn't have known he would have went to the wrong place and it would have been empty that's all the good guy's fault i mean they did it. it They did it to themselves. They 100 fucking percent did it to themselves by letting him go. Yeah. That's how uh, they end up that way. Okay. Another thing that kind of bothered me was Theoden just being like, no, we're not asking for help. We're just fucked. We're going away here. We're not asking for any help. Fuck that. I'd rather die. No help. Don't go get my men and don't go fucking talk to Gondor. Fuck all that. We're all dead. Like that really bothered me this time because he is so There's stubborn. A- there's an amazing quote out, and I, I'm going to botch it, but I'm going to give it my best shot, which is that that Theoden, Theoden is so afraid to die that he lives in shame, and Eowyn is the opposite, where she's so afraid to live in shame that she's prepared to die. And those two characters are meant to contrast. So he's he's meant to be weak, and he only finds his strength at the in the next movie, in fact, really, or I guess the end of this one, when they do the charge out the front gate. But he's meant to be weak uh, for most of this movie, for sure. That's interesting because I don't get the I don't get the sense that he's weak overall. He seems to be in command. People seem they're to respect begging him. him. Remember when they're when they're begging him to fight? They they don't want him to retreat to the to the uh, help me out. What's the Helm's the, Deep? Helm's Deep. They don't want him to retreat there. They want him to stay and fight. They want him to charge. And he's like, No, we're gonna go and hide. You know, we're not. I'm not willing to risk a fight. I'm not willing to die. 
Um, and so, and so hence it's in the next movie, but when he does die, you know, and he's able to go to the hall of his father's where he no longer will be in shame in their company or I'm not saying that right, but anyway, so, uh, you got that close. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a, I think that's a writing flaw though, again, too, because it, like John said, I feel like it comes across like the way it does his, the way he's acting doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't seem logical in any way. So. So I get what you're saying, and he does at the end ride out. But you could have once again written it to a way so that he, it didn't seem so irrational or illogical. Like he, you could have stuck more with the core of that they want to hide and and protect their women and children, and they're they're not going to fight. But then at the end, he, you know, he has to go out ride. In out. fairness to you, I'm describing that I know what the intent was. I guess if it yeah. didn't play that way, then it wasn't well executed, and that's fair comment. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. it that's really how I, is. That's how I kind of felt. Like, if he doesn't want to fight and he wants to go to Helm's Deep, that's fine. But it's that he then also, like, refuses to have any help come to him. That's the mo- stuff that seemed more out of character for that guy. Who well, more I think he knows ro- that the, 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 the Gondor won't respond. I think, I think he feels no one... strongly about that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I you're right. Know. I guess he could still try. You're right. Desperation. I, I... Desperate times, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he was just so set. He that's was like, measures because like, uh, um, what's his name? Aragorn was like, I'll, I'll like go talk to them. I'll go do it. He's like, fuck that. Don't you go anywhere. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the Ukraine knows the U.S. isn't going to jump in, but I guess they are still asking. So yes. yeah, you, you got a point. Repeatedly. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. This uh, this concerns you too. Hey, Dave, what level of fandom do you have here? Have you read, like, the Similarian and stuff like that? Like, are you a JRR, like, nerd, or are you just, like, a bag, big fan of the movies? I, I'd say that when it came to the the uh, the Cimmerillion, Simmer, I think, the Cimmerillion, if I can get my lips around that word, Man, um, I have read it, but I didn't understand it, would probably be fair. <laughs> like, I, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I've read that's the books exactly a few times. what I hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've read it. I can pull stuff out of it. It's, it's the closest I get. Okay. Okay. So you do have, but you, because I could tell when you said that Gandalf was brought back by Andui or uh, Aluvatar. And there's Alu- a name I was in front close. of that, too. It's yeah. a type of sausage. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that suggested to me that maybe you had some some good understanding of the background here and maybe like a little bit deeper knowledge of the middle earth in general. So, I mean, I got a great you answer. Have, you must have a unique perspective to this movie as far as well, like the quality that we're your, missing. Listening and enjoying your guys' podcasts has kind of taught me a lot because there's a lot of times I want to defend the stuff that I like and then go find Colin at the office and kill him. And, and, but <laughs> if I pause and look at, it's not the intent. It's not what was in the book. It's not the essays that have been written about it. Did they actually get that part of the movie across on the screen? Right. So I, I, I think I can separate some of those things out to go. Yeah. Okay. I know that that's what's in the background, but that's not what a person who hasn't read the books is seeing. So yeah. it falls short in some places. You know, I got to give it to them. Oh, fair it, enough. It, and it's also like, once again, the detail, like there is so much material with these books. And um, and I feel like the problem a lot of the time with the other films and sometimes with this one too is rather than taking you know the best material and and adapting it well for a film they they try and cram in as much as they can from from the books and and instead of constructing like a really good movie I, it, it because there is so much material just take the best of that material and 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 then because the characters in here are all good. 
Um, it's when their motivations don't make sense or things don't like uh, example is the king's character a lot of the times the acting is good and I get the character a lot of the times other than some of the comments me but why didn't he tell them there was a path out of Helm's Deep like why didn't that come up until the very end why would Aragorn <laughs> even ask him even ask him the question after they've lost the battle go hey is there a way out of here no one talked about that before <laughs> then. Why didn't they send the women and children out like before the battle started? It was 300 versus 10,000. Mm -hmm. This conversation never happened. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense. It doesn't Makes make no sense, sense that it's really 300 against. First of all, the numbers are way more than that when you look at it. Second of all, the fucking uh, Erwan or whatever son's horse tribe they say is 2,000. Yeah. The ones that go out roaming and fucking get ex exiled. So, I mean, you've got at least 2,000 guys that you just exiled. I'm assuming you have more than that at home. Otherwise, what are you doing exiling? Like, more than, uh, you know, more than half of your fucking military and the only ones that seem to know how to fight and ride a horse. Just so yeah. they can show up later and it's exciting. I think that's the only answer. God damn it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep, that is it. I, I hate I things that are arbitrary like that. Like, just, like, we'll do this because that'll be exciting. Like, I want to know that there's a reason for it, right? Yeah. Like, like don't so just make decisions to make decisions. The 2,000 dudes who left are so loyal to the king. They're like, even though we know he's, like, drugged all the time, we're going to listen to every word he says. Uh, because that's the way we are. So, and this piece of paper has this scratch on it. So we're just leaving instead of those 2000 battle hardened warriors can't fight like the six security guards standing around the old man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you think the into guy that stuff, manipulating him, but, God, I but think damn, it they, is so exciting when they ride down the hill and the, with the light and the screaming <laughs> Gandalf. I'd love it. It's one of, it gives me chills every time. It never fails. It is super exciting. Yeah. That's what's so great is that there's so many great things in this movie like that I was looking forward to and they still paid off. Now, the battle is still great. There are some things like when, Eric, you know, when um, what's the elf guy's name? Toss Legolas. Legolas. When he rides, you know, down his shield, shooting his arrows, that song. Oh, stuff. I'm not as much of a fan so of that cringe. anymore. No. That so shit cringe. is a so big cringe. problem. It yeah, hurts the tension. It's silly. It, it really it. hurts the tension, and I guess they, you would figure you've read this maybe at the t in two thousand. That's what they were. They figured anyone who's seen this would have read it, so you know the the main characters aren't going to die. But that makes it like really palpable that they just can't be touched. Um, yeah, and when I they never thrown, feel like they're in danger because of it. Yeah, when, when the they moment, get thrown, when they, he throws the dwarf and they jump onto the bridge with it looks like a thousand guys, and yeah. then they just go to town yeah. on them. You're right. It, it's they, they're too much like a superhero. They they don't have that vulnerability that. And like five need. minutes later, five minutes later, Aragorn gets on top of one of those ladders on the top of the castle and just launches himself off into a crowd. Yes. Like yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gimli jumps onto spears sure. earlier in the battle after the walls blown up. He's like, "No problem, spears. I jump from ten feet up." And he's like, <laughs> he makes it. it it's it's kind of crazy, I think, but I never feel like they're in danger, which which does yeah. hurt things. I wish I felt that a bit more. Instead. Um, the John Lovitz lookalike guy gets gets it, and I'm like, I feel worse because when he's dying, it shows like some dead elves on the ground, and at that moment, I'm like, these are immortal beings 
who just don't die. So they've really sacrificed a yeah. lot. But then we're yeah. back to John Lovett's guy, and I'm like, but I just don't care about you individually. I'm you sorry, You don't even know guy. his name. I'm a fan, and I don't even know his I name. I had to have I mean, subtitles oh, on to I know his name. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, and this is an example. <laughs> My biggest problem with the movies, looking at them critically now with you guys, is that they create so many notes of false tension. It's kind of like the movie needs tension here, so they insert something false. So I'll give you one example. So when uh, Treebeard first meets the hobbits, he doesn't recognize them, and there's a moment where he thinks they're or and we think he's going to crush them in his hands. That doesn't happen in the book at all. The guy's like a thousand years old or whatever. He he knows what hobbits are. He knows yeah. that they're yeah. not orcs. So they create this fake moment just so that we can go, oh, you know. And then cut and, to the next scene, right? It's just not needed. So there's a the bunch tension. of, yeah, and I get it. If you go to film school, maybe somebody's going to say you need these moments of, of tension and you got to add them if they're not there. Yeah, but work. don't I, I, give I, us things that aren't fucking believable. Don't make Aragorn false die. Don't make Marion Pippin false die. Don't make, uh, you know, all of these false tension moments. Like, don't fucking introduce it just to manipulate us. Yeah. Don't fucking manipulate me. Have the story be interesting and have that what compels me and my emotions. Don't just fucking... Otherwise, it's jump scares. I mean, that's the equivalent of jump scares to me. Is just is just emotional manipulation. What am I? Is this is this my ex girlfriend? This movie is it just fucking manipulating me the whole time. And then at the end, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It's, I mean, you got to do better, especially for fucking a hundred million dollars. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what gets me raw too, because I I don't think this is a Humpty Dumpty. I think this movie could be edited down, and you could edit out like di- dialogue that didn't make sense, like what John was saying about going and getting everybody else. You could like and and him saying no, we're not gonna we're not gonna send you out to go get those people. Um, just edit those things out. Those if those conversations don't happen, then we don't think about it. But because they talk about it, then we're like, yeah, why why aren't they doing that? Like, don't bring that shit up. Just edit that out, and then we won't. It won't be on our mind, and it won't be a speed bump. So you can yeah. edit a ton of stuff out of this movie to to make it go a little smoother. You could edit out even. Uh, yeah, you could even probably edit out all of the Liv Tyler stuff, I think. You could edit all of that out. And, like, and what actually, is that doing? In this movie, I noticed especially that some of the stuff that they left only for the extended edition should have been in the main, and they should have cut a bunch of the main out and put it in the extended edition. I think they chose some of the wrong stuff. Anything but, in particular? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, oh, let me find it. I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> Good I know it's a huge mindfuck for someone to ask you that like that. Is, but <laughs> oh, I, 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 no, no, I gotta look it up. While you're looking, <laughs> I, I will. It. I will ask. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just gonna say, with like Aragorn needs to doubt himself, I guess, right? But I don't know if we need to spend as much time with him doubting himself because we get he's he's in a challenging situation, and if he does self doubt, it's only apparent when he's like crying in his dreams. Um, saying to her, and then like, what does her character become? And like, all the all, it's a it's another false tension created by like, oh, she's got to go to the magic lands, and that's not like the movie pulled that out of nowhere. It's part of the story, but it, it's it's just I don't know. Like, her character doesn't add to anything. She doesn't show up later. Um, we don't get to see her till the third movie, and then they're like, my dad lied to me about like, because he can see the future. God damn it. And she she sees the future and knows that there's a kid. And then that's why I don't know. Like, see, I would have fought for that. Come I on. If I would have fought for her being the person who comes instead of to the Helm's Deep instead of the guy that Dave doesn't even know his name. Like, yeah. Why is that fucking guy in this movie? You have her come. 
she shows up because she loves him and she doesn't want him to die so she's willing to come and sacrifice her her like immortality to be with him and save him and his people but then i think that would be so much more powerful there'd be even less for her than in the third movie Unless she'd be at his side for the rest of it, and I, I don't guess even that remember what happens with her. In the she third comes movie. back. I, she's she gonna leave. She's gonna yeah. leave, and she comes back because he died, and she ends up coming with um th- with the uh, Rivendell man, um King of Rivendell, Elrond, um when they deliver the sword to Aragorn. Oh, okay. The, but that's I didn't in the third. That. That's in the third one. So it's but unfortunate then, for her character. Like it but you know what? She didn't need to be a, a massive character. Like we we spend too much time with certain characters. Liv Tyler's one of them, unfortunately. Um the whole then love story between Miranda Otto, uh what's her face and and uh Aragorn is just like like you guys already said it's really weird and that he's like kind of torn cuz when he left it off with his lady friend, she was going away, but it'd still be pretty raw for him. So like, just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, so and then Mary and Pippin and the Ents, like just, we could be spending our time in much better places. And, um, yeah. and I think like, even when I had asked a question before about Gollum and his stuff, like I like all the stuff where he is like a little bit of talking to himself. And as he's like, no, no, I can't do that. Master said, Oh, but we have to do this. Like some of that's okay. But some of his like long monologuing debates with himself, I just felt like for this movie being at three hours was just a little bit much. And it would have kept this character just as good and just as diabolical. Cause he'd see enough of him like talking to himself 10 feet away from the hobbits, but not like everyone's asleep and I'm yelling ridiculously loud next to them and they don't hear me for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, I think we found a lot of good cuts. I did find one that, like, I think you'd agree with, where the stuff in the extended edition between uh, Denethor, Boromir, and Faramir, oh, yeah. the stuff that does the flashbacks, it was so good. Like, the Boromir stuff, seeing the relationship of the father and how Faramir is unfavored, and Boromir's the favorite son, and the heralded, you know, guy coming back from war. Go watch that stuff in the extended edition, and you'll be like, yeah, okay, I could watch three minutes of that, and then take out half an hour of the, the Ents and some of the other stuff. That yeah. was the example I was That sets up of. the third movie well, too, with Denethir, because <clears throat> he goes yeah. pretty crazy, and you think he treats Faramir like garbage, but some of the yeah. flashback scenes that show it a little yeah. better are actually not bad, if I recall correctly. But And this movie yeah. needs that backstory. I mean, because once again, a lot of the times we don't understand why characters are motivated to do things, and so that could have really helped out, because those characters you guys are talking about, I don't really understand them or know where they're coming from. So that would have been that could have been an interesting yeah switch. That brother Faramir is it? Yeah, yeah, Faramir. Yeah. In the book, he does. In the book, he's the good brother. He doesn't fucking go after the ring. He understands that it's important. He understands what the fucking what the threat of it is, and so he fucking lets them go. He never captures them. And to tell you the truth, I know that I'm coming off as like a fucking one of the book nerds that's like no they changed that but i think some of those elements are better stories and like i won't disagree that the movie's long and feels long J.R.R. fucking tolkien wrote that same fucking way but for things like this i feel like the accuracy it's it contributed more to the character in the fucking story to just have that be the way it was or take that out completely and just have them never meet and you don't need that at all fucking it, their stories basically don't intertwine anyways. They have nothing to do with one another in this fucking story. So why do you need them to come to Faramir there at all? It you becomes important. 
in the third movie or at the end, really, when uh, uh, Aowen and him start to fall in love, there's some cool stuff there. But but you're 100 percent right. But I think I'm glad he's in it. But cut out the stuff that they created the false tension with where he holds them back and he's going to maybe take the ring from them and he's going to take it. Like none of that's in the book. And and that's not the point. It's not necessary. It just slows things down. You know, it's never going to happen. So why are you wasting my goddamn time? Yeah. No, it's not doing it again. Yeah. Then I I take it back. Maybe. Maybe they should have stuck more true to the book. It sounds like to me they decided to not stay true to the book and they made up a bunch of bullshit that doesn't make any sense. The motives don't make sense. They go down rabbit holes. They take detours instead of sticking with the book. Maybe I'm completely off base here. Think Maybe they should have stayed far more true to the book. It sounds far better than the script. Think about think the women of- in, in this movie and it's kind of sad because Liv Tyler is just is uh, Aragorn's side piece. She really doesn't serve much more purpose. She could have if she had to come and fought that battle or at least brought the elf army. Uh, and she's like, these guys are loyal to me and I brought them. And that could have been her contribution. She just could have stood by her man, I guess, after that. Then you have Miranda Otto who plays Eowyn and she's like, a, oh my God, I'm like so in love. I'm kind of like spunky, but I'm so in love with Aragorn. Like they should have cut that shit out, left her at spunky and slowly she gets the opportunity to prove herself. And then by the third one, she's stabbing the fucking king guy in the face. That would have been a great female arc, but instead she's like, oh no. And then finally I can fall in love with this guy too. And I just want like a is nice it, wedding. And then is, um, Galadriel too, as we've said, is fucking just nut shit crazy. Is that women. an example? Is that an example where you think of you want you want positive female characters? You want strong positive female characters in today's works, and she is in the book. And I think that adding that little love story is that because they're afraid to just show a strong woman, so they have to add in that she's making goo goo eyes at somebody yeah. to make her seem feminine. But you ruined it. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. Just let her be a strong woman. Yeah, you she know? should have fought in the battle. And she should have like she should have fought alongside. Them well, she survived. does, right? And that's coming, right? In the third one, she will suit up like she a man to, up. yeah. To, yeah and, and she, she kills the main the main bad guy. The night. Mm-hmm. But then once again, that makes no sense with no what we're man. seeing because she fights in the third one. You said she dresses up like a man. Yeah, they have little children fighting with in this movie. They're giving who kids all die by 11 the way. Year, they're giving but eleven year old I mean, swords, and that's and historically she, accurate, right? I mean, the, I know, but he wrote, she he wrote actually knows to how to fight and wants to fight, but mm-hmm. yet they're like taking kids, and that mm-hmm. one, the one kid I thought was a girl anyway, but it wasn't a girl; it was a boy, which is fine. I thought it was whatever. pretty sexist that the women didn't have to fight too. Absolutely. No, the women, the fuck? and it doesn't make it the, the way they betray the women in this movie is bad. It it is bad. It seems except like they're for. Just, Mostly Eowyn's character well, are lusting the, after men, but they're not contributing to anything. They're just like the homemakers, and they they love the. No, men but she are, specifically says like they ask her to go and take care of the women and the children and make the beds before the men come home, and she's outraged by that. So so they are speaking out. That character does speak out against that. Um, I think I think they do a pretty good job of giving you a good strong character there. Yeah, but I think what you're feeling, you're feeling the outrage of how female characters have been treated so I guess poorly. That's true, you know, but, and, and but definitely, yeah, you, like you said, don't have her lusting after uh, totally. the man. Cut she, that she, out. She, no, that, that undoes the, everything about her. That's good. Yeah, they yeah. can still have the conversations between <clears throat> her and and Aragorn. 
They can still have those <laughs> conversations all of the time. You're doing that on purpose now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing corn now instead of corn. But, uh, but you can have, you can still have those conversations between them, but without any sexual tension whatsoever. If she were so, to look up to him as a leader and look up to yeah, him as, like, as a military you know, like, I'm a sword fighter. Too, just like you, yeah. you know, I know how to fight. But yeah. it's just not like I know how and to he's fight. And he's like, he's like, sure, sure he, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could be like, you're, he could be like, you're a kickass. Yeah, like that's awesome. But he, they don't have to have that weird thing, that tension or whatever. He's in love yeah. with the other girl anyway, so he gives a shit. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, okay, what else do we like about this movie? Is it? Is anyone like appreciating the 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 feelings it elicited from like your younger self of twenty years ago seeing this? It didn't really for me. I've seen this movie a bunch. I haven't seen this particular one in a while. Um, but I think, like Colin was saying earlier, this used to stand out as my favorite of the three. And I think a, a big ding for me was not not having watched the uh, Fellowship like pretty recently. I know this mm-hmm. stuff kind of inside and out. I've seen it so many times, but um. Yeah, this would not be a movie you want to watch on its own. You'd, you'd need to get into the series, I think. For no, sure. that's it, fair. You couldn't watch this out of the blue. I watched a seven-minute recap just so I could fucking oh, remind nice. myself real quick. Oh, that's interesting. Smart. I didn't. I felt Full like the innovation. I felt like the opening scene pulled me right back into the feels that I had ending the first one. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched the first one, so I thought it it brought me back in and then kind of brought me to the the dank, you know, murkiness of the Frodo storyline. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that it's it's a rare gift in cinema that gets closer to the feeling and the power of the books than most franchises do. So I don't know if that's a win, but it's I think that you took something that was arguably unfilmable and it's still a tremendous achievement even today that not only did the fans embrace it, but, you know, held it up, loved it and treasured it for so long and would still argue with anything negative we said about it today. Um, there's something pretty, pretty cool about that. And some of those, I think that the, the, the charge down the hill, I think the entire battle of Helm's Deep, I think those are some of the greatest moments in cinema, really. So I think there's some great things in it. Yeah. I, I dig, I dig a lot of the fighting. I dig the look and feel. I always feel, um, I don't know, just impressed, honored. There's something like about the level of detail that goes into that went into this and you know why we we picked out some uh technical stuff today that doesn't quite when you guys come over i'll show you some some movie used uh weta props that i have here and there the artistry is incredible, yeah, incredible. The embroidery and the costumes and the it, it's just amazing he uh, has some he has some um replicas but he also has some originals that were in the movie and uh he showed me some photos and when you zoom in on the photos like holy shit the the people who made these things are are artists and this is, craftsmen. So talking about these movies, they hold up transla- translating to 4K. And a lot of stuff that would be sword and sorcery kind of movies will not. You yeah. know? But you can get in so close on the, the artistry that they created is just exceptional. The music, the artistry, um, and some of the big moments, uh, they stray in a few places. But yeah, there's a the lot. Arcs, the arcs and stuff look really like good um, the makeup and stuff on those guys no not some of them i i found gimli and that orc that's gonna eat them gimli and that <laughs> even ellie was watching that with me and the the, the orc that was gonna eat uh uh pippin the fucking throwaways mary, mary yeah mary and pippin when he's gonna eat them ellie goes uh 
what is that? And I was like, oh, that's an orc. And she goes, I thought it was just a guy in makeup. And I fucking <laughs> laughed so hard. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have very because much she didn't feel that way with like Gimli, even though I felt like you could really see the makeup on Gimli this time. I felt like it really looked like a guy in makeup. I saw that mm. too. Yeah. Well, we all know the story Gimli. about how like how he was allergic to the prosthetics, and so it became very difficult to put him in that costume because oh, I didn't just, know that. He, oh, yeah, his his skin stripped like almost to the bone by when they took off the makeup. It eat, it ate away at his skin, and it was. Uh, a nightmare for him to oh finish that god. movie. Oh yeah, it was really bad. Crazy. So looking at it now, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. You're spot on about Gimli, but I don't know what they could have done to avoid it. I mean, oh the poor man. <laughs> Get a different also, actor. Also, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> also, when Aragorn kicks that helmet and and he screams, he he screams all. He's like, oh, and he screams. Apparently, he broke his toe. I'm so proud of you for bringing that up. That's actually like like a meme for Lord of the Rings fans. I, I, there's a great TikTok video out there where of that moment when you're watching it with someone new and the fan is sitting there and you have to say, he broke his toe there, did you? Yeah, I always think about that. Yeah. We always have to, yeah. And he I, does scream like like bloody murder when he kicks it. He's like, ah! Yeah, a lot of people had uh, serious injuries in the making of this, but there was a ton of filming over a ton of New Zealand locations. Um, yeah, I think that, John was here. John, John, why don't you talk about that a little? Oh, I was I was in New Zealand, yeah, and we went to Hobbiton, which was really interesting to see. And also on a, another place, we got to meet the horse that Liv Tyler rides in the first one, the white horse that she's on, the kind of Clydesdale, massive horse named Doughboy. Uh, we met that horse in New Zealand, got to spend some time and snap a few photos there. Yeah, it was oh, very interesting. And New Zealand itself, where we got to see on the North Island anyway, um, is the more uh, um, lush, less mountainous. But as you get into the South Island, um, where I plan on going back to, you can see a lot more of the locales where, where this was filmed. It's just gorgeous like that there's such a robust uh, environment and, and um geological features climates all over the place there in new zealand quite beautiful how quite big beautiful. how big was that hobbit villa or whatever you called it it was like the full-size thing it was massive it was the full village yeah hobbiton so jealous yeah right so where jealous. frodo's frodo's cabin is up on the hill and there's a couple other cabins that they built into the hill and I had only thought that they'd maintain a few of the houses. So, I didn't realize they maintained the whole village. What happened was, is after they made the first movies uh, and they did all the shooting in Hobbiton, they dismantled it all and went away. They had found this nice, perfect piece of land. But then between when the last Lord of the Rings uh, Return of the King was released and when they made The Hobbit, a whole bunch of people would just go to that guy's farm and like get into his property one way or another and take pictures at where it was made. So that when they made the Hobbit movies and they had to rebuild Hobbiton, they left it there as a tourist attraction. Yeah, they actually built it for the movie, but also to be a tourist attraction and remain. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. not all the cabins are built out. Some are just like kind of rooms and doors built into the what, side of the hill. It, but, was it expensive to go in there and visit? Um, I can't remember, honestly. It wasn't too bad. And like they showed scenes from the movie on the tour bus and it's all very touristy. You can't just walk yeah, freely. Yeah. You have to go on guided tours. And then, of course, people are taking pictures. So there's like 20 in your group and one at a time. Pose in front of the door. Snap. Move along. Pose in front of the door. Snap. Move along. So we kind of gravitated towards the back to not pressure anybody. And people just, uh, people, you know, the kind of people you don't like to run into on vacay, but they're like, they're going to butt in front of you. Like they're going to look the other way as they shuffle forward in the front of the line because they got to be next. They can't wait their turn. They can't be courteous for other people. They got to do their own shit. Fuck you. 
whoever you are, if you're like that, fuck you. Wait your turn and let other people go first. Feel good about yourself. All right. John, I, that sounds like some very specific people. I bet you remember what they even look yeah, like. Yeah, fuck the 10% of people that were on our tour that were like that. Just like, you're not the only oh, ones here. Crazy. I'm here too. I paid the same money that you did. <laughs> Eat a dig. I wasn't bitter about it. A lot of the attractions there at, at some of the places were just like that. You want to get a nice picture and the people are like just standing up your ass like, get going so I can do it. I'm like, great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, I mean, so we, we do, there are lots of things that do stand out in a positive way about this movie, but obviously we've had a good laugh at some of the things that stood out in not so good a way. So the question remains, does it hold up? And I wonder, I wondered about asking Dave if he'd like to take us down the road of his opinion before we kind of jump into ours. Um, would you mind that, Dave? Is that putting you too much on yeah, the Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Actually, yeah, I leave it to you guys to back clean up. But I think... Uh, I think whether a movie holds up or not, I think partly has to do with whether its themes still feel relevant, whether it still impacts you emotionally in a way it did. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I thought an awful lot about the Ukraine, watching the battle at Helm's Deep and how just arming every man, woman and child, trying to take a battle that should have taken a couple of days and stretch it out into days and weeks and long enough until help can arrive. Um, I don't know. I found those things pretty impactful and still still really, really relevant. Um, definitely there's mistakes. Definitely there's parts where it's too long. Uh, but for, for me overall, I still get the, still hits me in the feels, still enjoy it. I think there's still a ton of value and I still think it's one of the, the, all three of them, frankly, are, are for me for sure, top 100 films of all time. So, um, not to be soft, but I gotta say it holds up for me. Which, which ones are your favorite, which one is your favorite of the three? Probably, probably fellowship and probably the first half of fellowship. Like when I need to feel good, that's what I'll put on in the background. That's what I'll sit down and fall asleep to. That's what I'll, you know, go back to is that first half of fellowship. Um, I've probably watched return of the King the least. Um, this one, I was probably like an empire strikes back middle trilogy, you know, kind of fan for this one too. I agree with you having watched it now. I, I'm not going to say it's my favorite. I think you guys kind of commented on something similar, but probably fellowship just cause it's, it's, uh, uh, launched the whole thing and still feels good to me. And then, what did you think of the uh, the Hobbit movies? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hate them so, so much. So I just uh, want to back there is all the autographed pictures with all the Hobbit actors. Um, uh, with me and my son, they were awesome, wonderful people to meet. What uh, so you met them? In, where did you meet them? At Fan Expo in Calgary. So you know, just like everybody else, got in line to you know. But they were so kind to to my son and took extra attention and photos and great people. So but that's not the you question you that. asked. That's awesome. Did you that, did you say, uh, hey, it's really nice to meet you. Thanks for being so kind. The Hobbit never should have been made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, pretty much. Or, or it would have been great to see what Guillermo del Toro would have done with it if they could have just gotten their shit together in time. But yeah, no, yeah. those are. You know, I went back and watched them recently because they got when they released the 4K uh, series, and and they are uh, gorgeous, like brilliant. If you turn the sound off and don't worry about the plot, uh, there's there's a lot there that's a technical achievement again. But oh my god, that's but again, yeah. just a technical achievement. This is just fucking visual masturbation at that point. You have to give us a fucking movie otherwise just give us a screensaver you can't fucking do this it's the hobbit is a book that is about 25 percent as big as the lord of the rings i used to have both books in one and the lord of the rings book was fucking thick and the hobbit is not a big book no nope. and they yeah. turned it into three two plus hour fucking movies yep. just pure money grab right pure money it's grab. just shit and that's what yeah. they did with this fucking lord of the rings thing it was money yeah. grab over fucking done i mean that's 
Sorry. Spin it. Keep going, Brent. <laughs> Take your turn. No, yeah, this could be all your right, turn. All right. So, all right. So, I'll go. So, that fucking goddamn <laughs> exactly what I just said. And then also, <laughs> let me fucking mention the biggest fucking plot break in this. At the beginning of the movie, right? Fat Samwise. After how fucking goddamn long of walking and not eating like he normally would, guess what? Still Fat Samwise. <laughs> Where the fuck? You can't tell me he can't lose weight. He's just one size forever. The fucking genetics on hobbits is fucking different from everybody else. No. He should at least be fucking musculature like a little I, rugby player. I swear the fucking movie's broken. The game of Doesn't Thrones, hold up. The Game of Thrones Sam is a nod to the Sam not, not losing weight. Oh, the fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, oh, his name's Sam? Yeah. Or no, it's not Sam. Isn't it? Is it Sam? Yeah, it's Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's actually a reference to Sam. Jeepers Christ! Might even be so. So for that reason, a does not hold up, Brent. Yeah, for that reason, (laughs) because the Hobbit doesn't get skinny. Is your problem? Thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not the only reason. I mean, all that other shit's big, big problems for me too. And I was a fucking big fan of this when it came out. I had all the extendeds, the the big DVD sets. I watched them a ton. I love the books. I mean, Lord of the Rings was my favorite book forever. Probably The Hobbit fucking too, right? Like, I love both those both those books. And I love fantasy in general. Um, I'm a big geek for that shit. I'm a big D&D geek. So this stuff was, like, exactly up my alley. And then to see this on a big screen, I mean, it blew my mind. Unlike anything except for when, like, Skyrim came out. And I was like, oh, my God, I get to, like play as this fucking person now yeah like those are the evolutions for me was like these lord of the ring movies and then that gaming experience was like for a for a guy that grew up a pretty heavy fantasy nerd these are significant moments and i am not um without my affection for this movie i just find that the way that it was done and maybe some of the choices that were done it's just not there i I, like i just don't crave to watch this movie ever you know what i mean like and I love the content. I love the characters. I can't. I can't get into them in the movie. The movie makes me not like them, to tell you the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. One one of the things is the characters get way compressed, right? And to to become a movie, they become a one or a two note thing, as opposed to the complex character they were in the book. And that's hard to let go of. Yeah. True, but I mean, what? Could you read that book in eighteen hours? I bet you could. <laughs> But yeah, say, saying that, but say, but saying that, so that's twice as of, much as the movie. Say, saying that, if you, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking of a movie like uh, The Fisher King with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. Those characters are so complex, and those characters, you feel like you know them by the end of the movie. The problem with these big, huge movies is, is they, they focus more on, they don't focus enough on, on that. And, and they focus more on the special effects and the fight scenes. And then that's why you don't have these rich characters well, any longer. And think of the character arcs. Like Aragorn is a noble, a, a noble um, strider, a uh, ranger. But then he's, then he's a king and he's still noble, right? And Frodo is good and the ring sorts to take him. So he kind of has some slipping in his thing. But Sam is pretty much always loyal. And they have conflict, but they just don't all change and I guess they do by the end of the third series but but um, goddamn I could, 
I mean, I could throw it like Aragorn goes from not wanting to be a leader of men to, to taking the role that was intended for him and stepping up to become the leader, right? He yeah. wants to just hide and, and he doesn't want to step into his lineage. Um, the only thing in Frodo that comes to mind when you said that, it's a good comment, is just that uh, um, Frodo eventually accepts that this will kill him and he just continues. He just, you know, he, he goes from being kind of the home safe hobbit to he has no illusions that he's not going to live yeah. and come back from this at some point and he just keeps going forward which is uh you know this is written from a man who spent time in in the world war and you know you just you just know it's going to kill you and you just keep going forward i thought that was something but it's it's the it's the overkill of uh in this movie it's the overkill of the you should just have that one moment like where that 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 creature is above him flying for him to get the ring like you should never have him talking about it you should see him struggling and struggling and struggling and then you see that moment and everything leads up to that but instead there's just too much chit chat about it it's just and there's too many moments where he struggles that moment is fucking broken in particular that you're mentioning no that giant fucking dragon creature with the supernatural fucking death knight and the ring is right in front of them, and he hits them with the one little arrow, and they're like, oh, run away. Like, where's the other eight? Don't they win Isn't if they do that? Isn't there nine of them? Isn't there nine of them? Yeah. Isn't it game over if they get the ring right there? Uh, yeah. That guy's yes. not willing to put in the extra fucking effort. <laughs> well, what about the other eight? <laughs> Don't they yeah. see it's going on? Like, there's yeah. eight of them. Maybe so, they only got one dragon. The other guys are on horse, canvassing yeah, swamps. It's it's the overkill of that kills those moments of a lot of the characters. You don't you don't need so much of of the uh, that character. Um, all of the characters like struggling with wanting to be the leader and stuff. Uh, less is more. If we just don't have not, enough time, we don't have enough time to get into all but that. You, you do you no, but you yeah, but you do in the though, podcast. If you, <laughs> no, if you ed, no, if you if you if you edited down this movie, um, to have less of those scenes with Frodo and Sam, it would land much better, and you would feel like you know them. But you get bored and annoyed by them, and like Brent said, then you don't like them anymore. Because they're not giving you anything new. You're not learning out any new information. Yeah, that's you're just learning the same thing in every scene about the character that you already know. And that's why they don't feel interesting or likable or rich. Because they beat you over the head with like a canoe paddle. It's a it's a big problem with the, the Lord of the Rings movies in general. And that's why the battle um, doesn't work as well, like when you don't feel the tension that those people are gonna die. You know they're gonna survive, so then you just end up waiting to see what happens next. You could have edited that battle scene down to you. There's no need for you to have him throw well, throw and Gimli and jump over the bridge and them to fight those guys. There's no reason for those scenes. The tension is in the beginning when it's raining and mm-hmm. all those guys mm-hmm. are standing outside and then that first arrow hits that guy. I love that moment. And then and he that's like falls moment. and, and, well, then and that's, like, ah, that's, that's why they added great. Mr. Sorry, Colin. That's that's the way they added Mister No Name Elf, just because they needed their Boromir moment. There was no tension, so they had to bring in somebody they thought you care about, so that when they die, it's sad and it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. So you just pull back on. <laughs> if you pulled back on everything, it would be so much more impactful. Well, unfortunately, then some of the characters would really need to be either cut altogether or just even more simplified, which is unfortunate. But it's just some of the canon of this that. If you if but you, you want to make a good like exciting them, movie these days, you gotta you gotta cut it down. You gotta keep the attention a little bit more. You really, I I said this as I was watching it because it kind of broke my heart a little bit. And it's like, 
if you're a huge fan of the books and like Brent said, like it was the same for me, this is where like I was introduced to fantasy and um, I had seen the old version of the Lord of the Rings. What's the, uh, I don't, it's not Saproter cut. It's the, what's the animated one? Bakshi, uh, Ralph Bakshi. Yeah, so yeah. I had seen that at a young age and was always like really interested. And, and I kind of, because of that, I saw A Flight of Dragons, which is a weird animated movie with John Ritter and... Um, uh, the guy who does John Darth Vader. yeah and does Darth Vader's voice. Um, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones does a thing too. Yeah. It's this weird um, thing, but it has dragons in it and magic and and other things like that. So that was all right up my alley. So I do have a huge soft spot for this, and I know because I've watched like all of the extras and listened to the the commentaries on these DVDs and watched the extended versions and soaked up some of the extended stuff because I was one of those people that was just really interested. And I guess like maybe I just crushed it for myself by watching it as much as I did when I was younger and I had bigger like a TV with a surround sound and would like just gun this stuff uh, super loud and like get into the whole experience of it. And um, I think for folks who like have never seen it, you could probably watch the three of these movies and find some enjoyment in them. But in this show, we kind of watch a movie and take it at its own value and um, see if it holds up. And I just don't think this one does for me anymore. I just wish they had made a few different choices um, from the like the writing and the story perspective. I think the best the best example and the best way to sum up why this movie doesn't work is that false tension. They just do it too much and they can't get away with it because it's not exciting and it doesn't make sense for the characters. It's just like obstacle inserted. A rock fell in your path. What do you do? Roll for fucking uh, roll to move. You couldn't get over it. Okay, cut to the next scene. We'll see what they're doing. Oh, tree in your way. Oh, you rolled and you failed. We'll go back to these other guys, right? It just feels like a turn-based, boring turn-based game. And there's a lot of big stuff happening. You got to kind of, you got to be a fan, I think, of Lord of the Rings to like these movies. If you're not, you'd look at it critically and you might poke some holes and then we poke more holes because it's what we're used to so i'm going to say it does not hold up unfortunately kills me to say but no nah it doesn't make me excited to want to watch this again in the future yeah that is the big problem for me it i I don't i'm not a huge fan of um frodo the acting uh in this one as much i and then sam either like my sam I'm your Sam or whatever. <laughs> like all of that stuff drives me crazy. It's your Sam. It Remember see, it your does Sam. Seem a little strange. I'm just like, oh my God, this is like not going well. <laughs> and and the way that Frodo, the he the thing whoever told him to act the way he acted in this, I'm sure it was Peter Jackson. Or he made choices and Peter let him. But a lot of the way he gives the dialogue and stuff drives me crazy. Um, I feel like Gimli and um you know, like the relationship between Gimli and and Legolas and Aragorn are uh, is my favorite, obviously. Like, but once again, there's too much of it, and it could be pulled back. I don't need all. I don't need the jokes about them killing. You could have one joke about who killed more people. You don't have to have four or five jokes. Or they don't have anything have, else though. Those two characters. That's the only thing I guess, they've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's a great true. example where Gim- Gimli got crushed down to basically being comic relief in this yep. movie. He's so much more he complex. Is, he is. is yeah. Toss me. Yeah. It was, he was yeah. more than that, though, in the first movie, though. Yep. yep. Yeah, Absolutely. you're totally right. In this movie, he gets yep. nothing. Yeah. Uh, Legolas gets nothing. It's all Aragorn and some girl we don't know who she is. And so we have to follow that. Yeah, it's disappointing. And the tree stuff kills me. I, I mean, I didn't fast forward it. But I wanted to fast forward Every all time. of the tree stuff. 
I I so badly wanted to fast forward it. I just I it was driving me crazy. Knowing what was going to come of it, which is nothing until the moment that uh, Treebeard steps yeah. out and looks like a wizard ought to know better. I'm like, I, I, you know I, what? Have him pick those guys up, and then the next scene, you see him walking into the clearing, and he's like, "What the hell?" And they're like, "No!" And then he cries for the ends, and they go and kick some ass. Like that's all you get of them. Or you don't show any of that shit, and then the next movie when they show up at Isengarden, it's all wrecked. And then they see Mary and Pippin. They're like, what the hell? And then you show like a 10 second bleep, 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 big war. Boom. And we won. And Saruman's up there. And then that's it. Sorry, guys. You just got cut from two towers and we didn't miss you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I can't that say works. a movie holds up if I want to fast forward through like about an hour of it. That, that That's why it doesn't hold up for me. And the motiv- motivation, like if characters motivation doesn't make any sense, the movie has to make sense. It has to make sense on some level. And then every character did something that didn't make sense. And then it made me question it. And then I'm now I'm distracted. And yeah, so I could. Yeah, I have a hard time with that. So, yeah, this one, although it was my favorite, I still you know what I think now after watching Lord of the Rings, I think Lord of the Rings, the original one is better than this. Now, once again, that one didn't hold up for me either, but it's better than this. The first one that you fellowship. said, Dave, the fellowship. I yeah, think yeah, fellowship's yeah. better than this. Yeah. And I wonder I think it's like Dave said, it's got that those good feels to it. The whole beginning yeah. of that movie's fun. I mean, it's mm-hmm. way more fun in games. Like what's fun in games in this movie? Yeah. Well, I, that's sort of like that middle chat, like Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, what's fun in Empire Strikes Back? Not a lot. There's some stuff, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a dark so chapter. Movie- what I think this really suffers from is that originally it was going to be two movies. It was written as two movies, and then when they got the green light to stretch it into three, he literally had to stretch out that script another two, three hours and pull in stuff. And it just, you're right, it does feel like I can see that now. You know, I can see that they just I didn't realize put a bunch that of, that's what they did, but that makes a lot of sense, what you're saying. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It was written as two, and then finally they got the green light. When they got the funding, they said, you can have the funding, but this is three movies, not two. And I mean, as a fan, I'm glad, but then they had to, they took a two-movie script and stretched it. So, Gotta add some thick shit to an already thick story. Well, yeah. we know what our elf I saw here, and it was kind of some <laughs> shit. <laughs> so with that, well we're going to pass it on. Uh, what do we got coming up next week? You know what it is? I'm thinking it's a near miss. It's a near miss. Almost, almost famous. Oh, I'm excited about this. That could be a very interesting movie. What's it? I think this is Cameron Crowe. Well, no, I think this is his best movie. We'll see. Will it be Jerry Maguire? Will it be almost Jerry famous? Maguire? I like too, but I think this is better. This, I mean, this was this is his. This is this is his story. This is based on him. And uh, like his love of music, his love of like, you know, being on the road with bands and stuff, which he did so much. I feel like he I hope this one does hold up. I really do. All right. Interesting. I I think it kind of will, but only time will tell. And that time will be next week. So you tune in on Sunday for that one to drop. Thanks, Dave, for coming out, man. It was great to have you. It was an honor, guys. Thank you very much. Hope we can still be friends, even though we kind of shit on your movie. (laughs) But if there's anything else that you like really love and like we're going to do and stuff, uh, it'll be interesting to have you back on for something that you're like, you know, you have some fandom for again and have some insight and can bring that to the show. So yeah, it'd be a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Right on, man. Right on. All right. We'll check you next week with Almost Famous. Thanks for coming out, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. And as always, enjoy your shit.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.